I am Liz Wright. Welcome to Live Your Best Life. The only thing that matters now is living by the power of this wonderful new creation life. We're going to become an undefeatable force of radiating glory, and we are rising up strong now in this hour. Hi, family. Thank you for tuning in from all across the nations of the earth into this week's extremely special episode of Live Your Best Life with, of course, Mila's Ride. And I am super excited to have my part two conversation with my very special guest, my friend today joining me, who is uh, a, a globally respected and recognized and loved prophetic voice. And he really is a father in the whole prophetic movement. He spends his life equipping and empowering people to really live from the place of strength of their union, each one of our union with God, and to hear not just the the, the language that Jesus speaks to us verbally, but the whole communication to tune into how God uniquely communicates to each one of us. He really is one of the most empowering people, straightforward, honest people who delivers truth from the heart of God that I know. It's my joy to welcome into the conversation, back into the conversation with me today, Simon Breaker. Simon, welcome. Hi, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm really good and I'm really excited about our conversation because I know you're carrying something super powerful in the spirit as always. And so you guys get to be a beneficiary of a, a, a word straight from the heart of God at the moment that Simon's carrying. So just doing a deep dive in, Simon, starting off, can I ask you just to, so you're carrying a message at the moment about the restoration of spiritual foundations. So can you share? Will you unpack with us? What's the Lord showing you? I think the be probably the best place to start is is to speak from what provoked the thought. Okay. And, yeah. And, and you know, many times what happens is is things happen in the natural at, at certain times, and I'm always paying attention to why has that happened now. Mm. I don't. I know that coincidences do happen, but my experience has been God will even speak through coincidences if you give Him a chance. But this was more than that. And uh, you know, I live in the city of Leicester, and um, a, a couple of a couple of weeks, probably about a month ago now, there was a news report, and this is what came up in the news: uh, a sacrificial Roman altar has been found in the foundations of Leicester Cathedral. Wow. And for, the first that. word that came to my mind is, why are people digging in the foundations of Leicester Cathedral? But that's neither in or there. But then about a, a week or so later, there was a repeat that a Roman ruin had been found under another church, another cathedral. And, and you can respond to that one or two ways. You can go, oh, good, there's a, there's a sacrificial altar underneath the cathedral. Well, think of all the demons and all of that. You can respond that way if you want to. And, of course, there's probably some legitimacy to that. But that wasn't the angle that the Lord really spoke to me from. Because, of course, the reason why they built churches upon pagan altars was to displace what was there. That's why they did it. They did it because they said, we don't want pagan worship. We want Jesus to be worshipped. Now, we know historically that all kinds of mess happened and things got blended. But but let's just put that aside for a minute and look at just the principle of the thing. That what was happening is a place that had been used to worship Satan was now being used to worship Jesus. And I felt like there was 
something of the heart of the father speaking towards I'm restoring or want to restore back to the church the fundamental calling to bring the kingdom of God to the earth. Not mm. from the perspective of there's competition, but from the perspective of he really is almighty. And we really are the children of the almighty. God is not in a power deficit. Neither is he in any way intimidated or challenged by what's going on in society right now. I, I stand on the ground that, um, I mean, you know, you come from the prophetic world. I don't believe God's doing a new thing. Mm -hmm. I believe God's doing the same thing he's always done. And he's bringing his kingdom to earth. And I think many times the sentiments of God's doing a new thing is more because we're bored than it is to do with what God's doing. That actually God doesn't feel the need to change his plan in any way. And there's this call from heaven to come back to foundational truth. And mm -hmm. I've taken to going into meetings and saying I've been in multiple different European nations this year and different parts of the UK and saying to the people in the room, put your hand on the ground. And get the people in the room, put their hand on the ground. So that ground you've got your hand on, it's been decreed that the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. That's the destiny of the land you're standing on. And it's our job as God's people to call the land into its identity. And we need to be God's voice in the earth, not a social commentary on what the world's doing, but prophetic voices of what God's doing. And yeah. that, that really is just coming in me more and more and more. And I hear a lot of prophecies and prophetic words that are more commentaries on problems than declarations of solutions. And we're That's also profound. called to be solutionalists, meaning we see those things from God's perspective and bring God's voice into it rather than coming from the perspective of, all oh, this stuff's happening and we're all going to die. No, we're not going to die. The glory of the yeah. Lord's going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Absolutely. I love that. Solutionists. We are a generation of solutionists. Is that a word? Or have I uh, you just made it up. It's fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> as prophets do, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's a very cool word. But it's the truth, isn't it? And I, I love what you just said. You know, we're not going to die. We're going to govern. It is the time right now where the Lord is clearly awakening us to be able to take our positions. You know, yep. it just there was something that went in our last conversation. There was something that you said. I wrote it down earlier and I thought, oh, that's a perfect moment to just read this quote because it's brilliant and it's connected to what you're just saying. You said, the militancy of the kingdom isn't present when we are in a defensive posture. There's an absence of decree when there is an absence of sonship. We reign powerfully from identity when we're secure in who we are. Come on. You know, and I just thought, oh my gosh, it's the truth, isn't it? And it, this is what the Lord's doing. He's establishing us in our capacity to understand who we are, whose we are, who we're carrying. And having his mind on a matter, like you said, so we we see from heaven's perspective. So we bring the solution rather than react to the temporal that's going yeah. on right now. So would you speak a bit more into that? What are you seeing the Lord doing and how do we shift right now from insecurity into taking opposition as government? I, I, I think massive it, question, but it it's, is a big question. But I, in the Lord's heart. Yeah, I, I think it begins with asking the right questions. 
Mm-hmm. And and I think the I mean I've just literally I flew here from being with a group of of young interns within the the Anglican Church and just saying to them um, years ago I was forgive me if I'm repeating myself here I can't remember what I said last time um, but if you if you I was in San Francisco my GPS wasn't clicked in and I couldn't get to where I needed to be because I didn't know where I was and I think we really live in a society I, I i went on holiday to france a few years ago got up in the morning went driving down the road and thought why is this silly french person driving on the wrong side of the road and of course it was me not them <laughs> and i'd moved yeah. i'd moved to a different nation but was behaving like the place i'd left mm. and what happens is we christians get born again but they continue to live like they're orphans and, mm-hmm. and even though their resource and what is available is there, they continue to live poverty stricken. And therefore it's like, oh, is God going to move today? I don't live with that perspective any longer. I do, I'll be honest, I used to. I yeah, used I think to. we all have, yeah. Uh, but I don't now. I stand there yeah. now from the perspective of, Lord, how are you moving? Yeah. How are you speaking? Yeah. And how do you want to speak? I don't go from the perspective of, oh, have we got the worship good enough? And have we, is there enough smoke machines and minor keys for the anointing to fall? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that might be a bit provocative, but you would think that if those things aren't present, then you're not going to. And I love the tech. I do. Don't hear me, don't hear me wrong. But, but yeah, the sure. bottom line of it is we don't need to twist God's arm up his back to do what he's already doing. Yeah. And and I and it's more about us partnering with what God is doing than trying to manipulate God. I did a long fast, right? My early walk with the Lord. I did did a nineteen day fast. I only drank strawberry milkshake for the whole fast. I was sick of the sight of it by the time I was done. And when I finished the fast, I, I finished the fast. And it was really hard. I'd never done a long fast before. It was really hard. And when I finished the fast, I sat there and the Lord spoke to me and He said, Simon. I said, yeah. He said, damn, you've just fasted 19 days for me to give you what you've already got. Oh, my gosh. And I I, I remember sitting there going, Lord, why didn't you tell me? And he said, because it was really funny watching. (laughs) He was enjoying you. (laughs) And I do think sometimes some, I mean, there's passion, there's zeal, there's travail, there's intercession. But let's remember, we're not trying to convince God of something. Yeah. It's not like God doesn't want to save yeah. the world or God doesn't want to move or God doesn't want to set the captives free or that he ever stopped. Yeah. And right. to some degree, asking God to move comes is coming from a wrong preface and that that suggests he stopped moving. And I don't it's, believe he ever has. No, it's so powerful what you're saying. And I'll just say as a quick aside, <laughs> confession time, I did a Daniel fast, just fruit and veg and I did it for 40 days, <laughs> years and years ago. And on day 39, I was in the kitchen, opened the door of the fridge, and there was a cookie dough cheesecake in the fridge, and I ate it <laughs> and lay on the floor. I was so devastated, so gutted. But it's like, Jesus, do I have to start again now? And he's just laughing, same thing, enjoying me. You know, it's like yeah, chocolate is same... a bean, though, isn't it? So I guess that's nearly a annual fashion. It sort of counts. It sort of counts. But but it's the same thing. That was when I was in the mindset of you fast for something. I mean, now I realize I fast because it just helps me to 
resensitize my spirit and stop the demands of my physical body, you know, dictating to me. But actually, my spirit can just rise and I can I'm sensitized to the union that's already there. Come right? on. I, I love that. It's brilliant. Isn't it? I love it when the Lord gives us changes our perspectives and gives us this understanding that actually we are already living from victory. We just yep. tune into our conscious awareness to what he's already doing. Love what you said and then begin to partner with, with that and decree that and live from the strength of that place, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think, you know, I you you said to me when you in in our communication, is there any any Bible ver or you know, any focus that I'm running with and the, mm. the Malachi verse. Um yeah. let me read it now so explain what it is the Lord said to me from it. It's Malachi four five says this pay attention. So obviously God wants us to pay attention mm. in what he's about to say. If I go to the end of it. And then go back the end of the statement saying, if you don't, if this doesn't happen, this is what the fruit's going to be. I'll come and strike the land and utterly destroy it. So the fruit of what he's about to say, the absence of it is destruction. That's what he basically says. If this doesn't happen, the land is destroyed. That's what he says. And he says, this, pay attention. I'm sending Elijah the prophet before the great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. So for me, that's now we're in a moment that the, that the prophetic anointing is in the earth. And what is the prophetic anointing in the earth to do? Is it to bring judgment, damnation, destruction? Well, that's the fruit. If we're not doing our job properly from what I'm reading here, he says, he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children's to their fathers. And when I read this, I felt the Lord say that he is going to pull denominations networks, ministries, individuals back to what it means to be the father's house. Wow. And wow. and you, you think about the fact that Jesus, he said, as the father sends me, I'm sending you. I only do what I see the father doing. And I believe there's been to some degree a disconnect and it's, I think it's reflected in, in Luke, I think it's Luke 4, 4, where the devil comes along to Jesus and doesn't question Jesus's identity. He says, since you're the son of God, not if, since you're the son of God, turn that stone into the bread. And Jesus's response is man doesn't live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The temptation there was not to perform the miracle. The temptation there was to function independently of his relationship with his father. That was the temptation. Yeah. It wasn't an identity issue. It was a relationship issue. And for me, there's been all kinds of stuff that if I look at my life, there's stuff I've done that has looked like it's been fruitful, but it's not been rooted in the father. Yeah. It's been rooted in the fact that I've learned how to, how to function in certain methodologies and principles. See, I can prophesy and I can read somebody's soul and God not be involved in the slightest. Yeah. Which is terrifying to me. Yeah. The accuracy of a prophetic word is not necessarily the confirmation of its source. And Ooh, for me, that's very important. It, 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 it's heavy. And for me, this turning of the hearts of the children to their fathers, when you then look, if that brings a destruction on the land, suddenly it begins to help you understand why is there so much breakdown of family? Why is there so much dishonor of spiritual heritage and physical history? Why are all these things happening? Because the devil's read the Bible. Hmm. 
He knows that if he can break down legacy, he can bring destruction. I need the breakthrough that my father's brought. I need it. And I'm doing what I'm doing because of those that went before me. And I really, I really believe that there is, within denominations, there every denomination, there is a seed that was birthed from the Father, and then structure and system got a hold of it and perverted the seed. And in this season, God's going to begin to pull things back. And we're going to see outbreaks of God's presence in Presbyterian churches, Anglican churches, Methodist churches, as they restore, come back to the seed that brought them into fruition. And I believe that's true. I've seen, I'm not, I'm not too, I believe God's opposed to denominationalism, but not hostile to denominations. If you understand what I mean by that, it, he, he champions the truths that were brought back. And I've seen denominationalism at a higher level in charismatic churches sometimes than I've seen in churches that would be called denominational. And there's this restoration. I mean, what's the opposite of, of denominationalism? It's relationship, isn't it? It's yeah. connection to the Father. And yeah. now that requires a different conversation. Yeah. Yeah, it's hugely important what you're saying there, Simon. So you believe what the Lord is doing right now is restoring relationship. Yep. with himself, bringing us out of formulaic living and living in, like you said, giftings or principles apart from relationship in, a, in that sensation of separateness. Yeah. Back to the relationship being the primary source of our life. Mm. Mm. Wow. And the fruit of that will be the restoration of the land, the restoration yep. of families. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Wow. And then being able to I suppose, live from heaven's perspective more clearly, right? Because we're back in our relational connection with him. Yeah. I mean, why be tied as uh, to be in the place that we think that the manifestation of God's power in a context is the affirmation of his approval? Gosh, say that again. That's profound. Woe betide us to think that the manifestation of God's power in a context is the evidence of his approval let me frame it scripturally. Wow. Where was yeah. Samson when the power of God came on him? He was in bed with a prostitute. Does that mean then that God affirms prostitution? No, it doesn't. And I, I really, but I mean, if I then put it back into my own life, I, I had a, I was ministering in the Ukraine and uh, we had, we had this, loads of people got healed and it was a wonderful time. And I, I went back to my room feeling encouraged. And, and the Lord spoke to me, said, I didn't ask you to do that. And I, I went, excuse me? He went, I didn't, I didn't tell you to do that. He said, when you go back tomorrow, I want you to look, look at what's going on. And the following night I went back and I deliberately stood at the back of the room and watched. And during the worship, nobody was engaged. Everybody was just sat there. And of course, when you're at the front of the meeting, you can't always see what's behind you, can you? Mm -hmm. and, and the Lord said this to me, he said, most of these people have come to be entertained by miracles and very few of them are actually interested in the one that does them. Oh, wow. And I, 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 as soon as he gave that frame, I then, the message I preached last night, uh, that night was, do you think that the cross was for your entertainment? And there was mass repentance in the room. 
and sobbing and repent because they, I mean, it's, I think for the Western mind, the idea that you could go to a meeting to watch miracles, we, we kind of go, well, we'd be happy if there was one miracle. Let alone, do you know what I mean? But they got to the place that they believed that God would do stuff, but they weren't interested in the one that was doing it. And we know that's in scripture because Jesus said, many shall come to me on that day and say, did we not prophesy? But the thing that bothers me in that text is it doesn't say you never knew me. It says, I never knew you. And these mm -hmm. guys had a business relationship with Jesus. They'd learned how to access things, but they'd given God no access to them. And I am disturbed by that within the prophetic. If I can go just a little I'm disturbed by the fact that we can be in danger of exalting a gift above the person that gives the gift. I'm disturbed by the level to which you could think the destination is the gift rather than the person that the gift points towards. And in my own life, is my highest goal that people meet him? The one you know, the one you know. Do you know, Simon, when you're speaking, I mean, it's a, you know, I'm not surprised you're bringing a very direct correctional word because, you know, I know your heart. It's full of love for God and for people and that we would live in the pure expression and the fullness of everything Jesus died for us to walk in. When you're speaking, um, there's a holiness. I can feel a holiness. I can actually feel the spirit of the of the Lord moving to bring about correction and an alignment in our heart, repentance, so that we can come back to what's most important, yeah. loving the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength, the relationship over task. Because like you said, otherwise we we can so easily stray without even realizing into a transactional relationship with the Lord. There it is. When we move in the gifts. And that and then we start trading. And we don't mean to, but we can go there so easily. And this word you're bringing is is bringing us out of that dangerous place where there are such serious consequences because we start actually creating a mess because we begin to live in our own strength as spiritual people. Then there's a mess in the land, right, as we know historically and we know from our own lives. So I think what I would like us to do is to be able to respond in humility mm. and search our hearts before the Lord and take this moment of opportunity in response, honoring you as a, as a globally recognized and loved prophet and say, Lord, talk to me. Mm. Let's take this moment of opportunity and invitation and not in a, don't feel condemned, any of us. Let's, let's rise in this moment to the word that Simon's bringing. And are we, are we moving in our own strength? Are we in any way? inadvertently, consciously or unconsciously using the Lord or in a transactional relationship. Because I believe what you're bringing, Simon, is also an, it's an empowerment. It's a prerequisite to us to be able to safely steward power on hearts yes. that are postured back in humility and connected to the Lord again. So the land can be removed from, the kingdom can come and evil, we can evict evil, which is what we're here to do, right? To bring the kingdom and displace the false governing ruling spirits that yep. are still prevalent yep. everywhere and influencing culture the way they are. So yeah, it's very powerful. I feel you calling us into position governmentally, actually, mm. because that's this is a part of that. It's the it's the empowerment, isn't it? To like you said, the last time we were talking, to be the immovable rock in the time of turbulence that yep. we're in, to be steady and sure because our hearts are pure and we are in right relationship. And 
you know, at the end of the day, that's what Jesus died for, isn't it? To restore us back to relationship with the Godhead and to yeah. everything to flow from that place of strength. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it. I, I think it's probably worth paying attention to what Jesus says. I mean, there's a silly statement, if there ever was one, for a minister to say, but when he says man doesn't live on bread alone, but from the living voice, that puts a yeah. different swing on the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. Was he talking about provision or was he talking about God's voice? I'm more and more leaning towards the place that I find myself thinking that probably when Jesus gave the disciples that prayer, he was talking more about the fact that they feed on God's voice than he was talking about God providing their provision. I mean, of course, he'll do that, but there's mm. just back to this central place that if I'm not doing it from his voice, there's only other place, one other place I can be doing it from, and there's no fence, mm. and, and, and there's no place of I'm never empty. It's just sometimes I'm full of the wrong thing. Yeah profound okay so what what do we do next give us some steps let's 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 take this moment and shift <laughs> we just have about five minutes left but give us direction i i think for me what it's done to me is is my knees find the ground a lot more wow and my mouth stays closed a lot more and i find myself stilling myself a lot more and I find myself seeking to ask God what he wants to do a lot more. <laughs> and yeah. it's I, I, if I can say this, the, the, the Lord gave me the word. He said, there is a glory that I've called my church to stand in in this season that you'll only be able to stand in if you're laying down. Wow. And that for me is it. It's coming back. It always is, isn't it? Every every time. Come back, people, uh, those you're watching, come back to the place of surrender. Yeah. Not from a legalistic perspective, but from a perspective of when you surrender to him, it's promotion. It's the highest position you can take to lay yeah. on the floor. It really is. It is true, isn't it? The lower we go, the more we see. The yeah. more we see clearly, the more revelation flows into our heart as we're postured in that place of humility. And then the more we see who he is as the king the lower we go, right? We realize that yieldedness, surrender, submission is the wisest choice we can make. And it is the doorway through into his headship and his power and his presence just flowing through us, right? And this, Amen. Yeah, so powerful. Oh my gosh, that's a profound demarcation moment, what you've just brought. And the the I really feel it so strongly. It's a prerequisite to us being able to move into this expression of the governmental authority of the king. Yeah. The, the, the Lord is, well, certainly I've been feeling his yeah. yearning for us to take our position as sons to bring the kingdom on earth because it is, we're in the third day. We rose from the grave and he's waking us up to see what's happened, right? Yeah. To tune into, like you say, what's already reality. To mm. tune in, yeah, and to to mm. have his mind regarding it, sitting every situation that we face in life in the context of divine perspective. It's yep. just profound. Okay, we have about space. It's why well, I'm sure you're seeing this that, that that this space is a space where demons can't stay. Yeah. And when you go yeah. into this space, suddenly 
doesn't that? I mean, every since September last year, the level of deliverance that we're seeing, for me, that's the evidence. What was it Jesus said? If I cast out demons, then the finger of God is at work. For me, that there's that authority breaking out in the earth. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's the fruit of governance that's yep. releasing, emanating from our life as we know increasingly whose we are and yes. who we are, right? And we have his mind on a matter and we begin to truly be able to release the kingdom realm on earth, which is what's Amen. going on. Wow. Amen. Wow. 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 Okay. We have one minute. Please pray. Please pray. Okay. Please release pray. what's in your powerful spirit. Yeah. Okay. Jesus, in the best way we know how, we lay our lives before you. We we ask you to show us where we're full of stuff that's not you. And we just surrender and we bow our hearts and we lay down. And as Jesus said in, in, in the garden, not our will, but your will be done. And we just choose today to come to a fresh place of surrender. And we ask you to show us those places of our lives that have gone off adrift. I don't believe anybody does it deliberately. I certainly don't. But Father, help us come back to centering ourselves on you alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We agree. We agree. I just, when you prayed then, Simon, I'll just finish with this, guys. Just I felt uh, immediately from Holy Spirit the word tabernacle. Mm -hmm. that he is he is tuning us into the truth that we are hosting the presence of God now, and He is tabernacling among us. He is resident. Amen. He is resident. We are temples of the Holy Spirit, and He's about to Amen. explode in glorious power out of us. Those of us that will just align authentically on the inside, like Simon's prayed, lay down on the inside and submit to the supremacy of his headship. Amen. There's so much more coming. The glory of God, like you said, Habakkuk 2.14, the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the seas. And that's the intention of the Lord, and it will not be stopped. <laughs> Amen. 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 Simon, Bless thank you. you. It's always powerful talking with you. I love it. Thank you Absolute so much for giving pleasure. me your time. Bless and guys, you. thank Roger. you. Bless you too. And guys, thank you for giving us your time as well today. Have the most amazing week, enjoying an even deeper level of relational connection with Jesus. And I look forward to being with you next Monday. God bless. Two years ago, Jesus spoke to me and he said, if I would create a space for him, he would come. And what he has done in the last two years is absolutely incredible. He birthed what is now known as the International Mentoring Community. Every week, myself, along with other international guest speakers, come on live and they pour in God's love and revelation. There is an activation anointing on my life. And so every single week, as we come together at the feet of Jesus, I have an environment in which I can impart this anointing onto you. He never, ever misses a week with us. He wants to take you into deeper experiences with him than you thought was even possible. So I want to personally invite you now to come and join us and sit at his feet with us.